0: Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop.
1: Monday pod, and the first voice you hear is not Tim, because Tim is sitting this one out on um, father-slash-teacher duties. Life got the best of him for this week. So... I have with me the special guest of Brodo, Mr. Jason.
0: What up, people? I'm here today. The special guest is here to play on this super fun pod.
1: Yeah. Monday Review Pod's going over week 13. Guys, next week is week 14, which means... What the what? Playoffs are in two weeks. Next week is the final week of the regular season. Hot damn. We've gotten to that point. We've gotten to that point. Tomorrow, of course is the patron waiver pod, where we discuss waivers, we discuss and the Thursday night free preview game. Um, You get access to that if you join Patreon, patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. You also get access to the Discord. Um, And let me know, the Discord is fire.
0: We have the patron section, which is for redraft, and then we have DFS, Dynasty, NBA, NHL, MLB, Life in general. There's a lot of channels in there, and it, there's someone always talking to one of them, and it's a good time.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, and, of course, download the the Fantasy Football by Broto app. We have a bunch of interactive tools, ridiculous amount of stats. Usage stats were updated this morning at 1130 in the morning for yesterday's games. Literally, you can't find that anywhere else, even on pay sites, and the app is free. So go ahead and download that app, um, and player cards, rankings, waiver rankings coaching statistics, teams that are running and passing the most, trailing, passing when trailing, running when trailing, running when favored in Vegas, like there's a crazy amount of stats on the uh on the app, articles, so check that out when you can, download it, it's free. Um and it's been it's been great. We've getting we getting good feedback from it. We use it for almost all of our <laughs> all of our uh
0: research, research analysis. Research. Everything. There you
1: go. This year, points over average is a super dynamic new tool. So, yeah, check that out. But uh week 13, there's only a Monday Night Football game left. We typically record during Monday Night Football. As you know, we are recording earlier today since Tim is out. Me and Jason here. And, uh Jay, you ready to get into the news with you our man Donnie know H? know it, brother. All right, let's do it. Donnie H coming at you.
0: Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30
1: minutes. This is Headline News. Ah, good old Donnie H to break out the Mondays. All right, dude. We got some interesting news and notes. One of them, hot off the burner, reported at 5.02 p.m. Eastern Time. The current time, oh. Jay? 5.08 p.m. Eastern Time. <gasps> what is it? Wow, wow, wow. What is Chargers it? Chargers place Keenan Allen on the COVID-19 reserve list. <laughs> If Keenan Allen is not vaccinated, which I don't think anyone knows his vaccination status, that means he's out next week. Like, you have to be out at least 10 days if you're not vaccinated. If he is vaccinated, he would need multiple um, back-to-back days of negative tests. Let's see how that goes. But that is certainly a a bomb, a bombshell heading into week 14 because playoffs are going to be decided. Buys are going to be decided. Keenan Allen being out is huge. in FFPC...
0: Championships are going to be decided.
1: FFPC championships will be decided. Mike Williams would become basically a top 10 wide receiver option. I'd I'd gander if Keenan Allen were to be out. Would would you say the same?
0: Gander. It's all about the gander.
1: Yeah. That was very interesting. In other news, the Vikings play on Thursday this week. Adam Thielen did not practice today. Notable when they're playing on a Thursday because clearly short week of practice and KJ Osborne... May end up being a wide receiver too for this coming um, this coming Thursday game. Who are they playing on Thursday? The Steelers. Yeah. Who have been susceptible to pass catchers this also,
0: year? Also, Big Ben didn't practice today, but that's just because he's old. Um, May but stay. Claypool didn't practice today because he's been dealing with turf toe. We might see an injured bunch out there on yeah. Thursday.
1: Yeah. Well, actually, I was, was going to get to Claypool, but playing. you know, this is why Tim, J, this is why Jason usually isn't on the review pod. Just skipping to other news. you are talking
0: about the Thursday game. Don't make me it's true. Dalvin off-kill. Cook
1: also did not practice Monday, but he was expected to miss Week 14 as well. So another very very nice Alexander Madison spot if you have him rostered. Who had um,
0: 25 touches against Detroit?
1: Yeah, absolute locked and loaded RB one. Whenever Dalvin Cook is out, he's basically just his replacement. Darren Waller considered day to day. So, apparently, Bisaccia, the coach, apparently he's optimistic that Darren Waller will return against KC. I find it very, I don't know, I find I kind of find it doubtful for a guy who, like, wasn't even close to practicing this week to be considered day-to-day and just expecting to play the following week. We'll see how practices go, of course, but, yeah, apparently he's day-to-day. Uh, a little rough this
0: week with that, um... Analysis because Friarmuth and Conklin play on Thursday to um two solid tight end options, maybe you have them and Waller probably starting them. Interesting.
1: That is rough. Yeah. Uh Chase Claypool and um Ben Roethlisberger, as Jason meant it, uh, mentioned, excuse me, both did not practice as well playing on Thursday. To p- skip over the Thursday game because a whole lot of Thursday game news. Who knew? Corey Davis <clears throat> had a nice start to the season, but has been dealing with a lot of injuries and an up-and-down quarterback in Zach Wilson um, this season, now out for the rest of the season, undergoing core muscle surgery. Not ideal. Elijah Moore has been a monster, though, of late.
0: Yeah, this keeps Elijah Moore in that wide receiver 2 topic, and it's a forgotten season for Corey Davis, the big acquisition for the Jets, who was kind of decent when he was healthy.
1: Kind of decent. You'll never like Corey Davis. Yeah, he, he did have his up and downs. <laughs> um, Alex Collins is injured, but Alex Collins, who cares in fantasy land? No offense, to Alex Collins. Logan Thomas might have a really bad knee injury. He believed to have torn his MCL and ACL, but now the tests are saying they did not confirm it. Either way, it looks like he's going to be out for probably the rest of the regular season. Um, So... Logan Thomas managers, whoever picked him off off waivers, of course, as expected with Logan Thomas. He was great when he returned, but now out for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, really unfortunate. Logan Thomas was good this year when when he was um healthy, so yeah. sad to see him have a a lost year as well for Thomas.
1: Man, yeah. You're going to like this one, Jay. Eagles coach Nick Sariani says Jalen Hurts will start in week 15, so it was just a... One game absence for Gardner Minshew. It is against the That's right. rising Washington football team defense, though. Not ideal to miss the Jets and then go have to play Washington. Um, Cam Newton anticipated to be the starter next week against the Falcons. No shock there. He better not lose his job to P.J. Walker. Ian Rappaport reports Joe Burrow plans to play through the finger injury. Not a surprise. He came in in the second half yep. um, with it wrapped up and played pretty pretty decently even with uh <clears throat> even with the injury um Joe Burrow ended up having a decent game and almost came back from 24 points down against the Chargers I don't think anyone was surprised by that no. <laughs> uh Tyrod Taylor considered week to week Davis Mills is looking like he is going to start next week that Texans offense is abysmal man
0: yeah you you don't want to trust anyone there was a little bit of Burkhead love this past week the last two based on volume but You don't want to trust anyone on that offense. That even includes Brandon Cooks. I'm not starting him if I don't have to.
1: Yeah. This one is interesting. Coming off the injured reserve. Designated to return from injured reserve. So not guaranteed he returns this week. But they sure could use the boost. Julio Jones. With no A.J. Brown. Julio Jones is a lost season. Has not had any good fantasy performances. He would return against the Jacksonville Jaguars to a team... Really, really thirsty for playmakers. It's interesting. Imagine
0: that you just said the Jaguars.
1: He playing against the Jaguars. Oh, okay. Imagine Julio Jones coming out and. I mean, the Titans need someone. Man, getting people into the championship. Yeah, I mean the playoffs. Um, it's interesting. and I think we'll wrap it up with this one. Daniel Jones, out. Likely out. Jake Fromm. The Giants are going to be far from competitive. Former Georgia quarterback. I I liked Jake Fromm in college, and then he just completely, just his stock completely dropped. Jake Fromm looks like he's going to start. Yuck. Not ideal at the moment to be a a fan of the New York Giants or just a supporter of the Giants football team because with Daniel Jones, they're bad. With Mike Lennon, they look even worse. And now Jake Fromm time. Who knows? Maybe Jake Fromm's the answer. Like Mike White was the answer for the Jets. Yep. But you ready to move on to our first segment, Jay? Yeah, let's do it, As always, baby. a first segment. We saw that coming. I saw that coming from a mile away. <laughs> All right, Jay. Hit me with the first player that you saw coming in hit week me 13.
0: With a shot. So I'm going quarterback. So before I do, I need to give Tim a shout out. Because he asked that we do because he's not on the pod, but he wanted to hype himself up. Kyler Murray. Tim was all Jason over. Jason just
1: had to be the douche who says Tim asked for a shout out. He couldn't just say, "Me and Tim." Jason listens to the Monday Pods. We know we shout him out. Sometimes I put my answer for Jason without him even asking, and this guy had to announce. Tim asked us. Yeah, because I like mocking
0: this. Tim, and when he listens to this, he's gonna either hate me or laugh. You
1: are a real
0: piece of shit. Jay. Real talk, though. Shout out Tim, who is not scared to hop back onto the Kyler Murray bandwagon. The man even though he only completed 11 passes, had four touchdowns, was running all over the duh, Bears and finished as, like, overall QB1. You
1: know, it's funny. We have a uh, <clears throat> a supporter who DM'd us. I used the start sit tool. It says Murray over Stafford. I don't know what to do, man. And I responded to him. I, you're not going to get a different answer than the start sit tool from me. Like, <laughs> that's all four of us consensus. We'd start Kyler Murray and then yeah. – uh, Hopefully he, he took that advice because Kyler Murray ended up being the QB one in a game where he only attempted 15 pass attempts.
0: Yeah. um, But so definitely a good call there. My first we saw that coming is the man, the myth, the legend, Taysom Hill. I had him ranked higher than anyone I know, I think. I immediately inserted him as quarterback six, and I honestly wanted to put him higher, but there was a little bit of news about plantar fasciitis potentially bothering him before the game. So I was like, I'm going to keep him at 6, even though well, I was... Well,
1: apparently he has a partially torn plantar fascia, which is not not easy.
0: Yeah, true. So I was tempted to move him up even higher, but I didn't. Um, but quarterback 6, and he paid off the end of the week as quarterback 4. And we all got to, got to watch him and his peaks and valleys in prime time. Threw the ball 41 times at 100 rushing yards. Four interceptions to two touchdowns. Add all that up, and that's a nice and juicy 25 fantasy points for Mr. Hill. He has now been a quarterback one. Essentially, every week, he's been a starting quarterback. Keep firing up Taysom Hill. The man is fantasy gold. Also fresh was off. not afraid to jump in.
1: Also fresh off the hot burner. Yeah, good call, Jay, there. Um, not good news for Taysom Hill. Deontay Harris has been suspended for the next three weeks, dating back to a DUI. Uh, I literally just saw that as Earlier well. in the season. So, not ideal for Deontay Harris there. My first, we saw that coming. The man, the myth, the tight end legend, George Kittle. Hot damn. Have a day, George Kittle. Right when they ruled Debo Samuel out for this game, I said on the pod, uh, George Kittle should definitely be a big beneficiary of that absence. He hasn't been a huge part of the passing game, but they are going to need him against Seattle with Debo Samuel out. This guy saw 12 targets. Turned that into nine receptions, 181 receiving yards, and two touchdowns. 36.1. Half EPR fantasy points. Damn. George Kittle had a A1 tight end overall one performance. One of the best games of the year from any player. Just showed what he could do when given the opportunity to be a, a giant monster. You have to assume San Francisco. Like, I, I think he could also go in the stock up category. Because you have to assume San Francisco does not go back to, yes, they beat Minnesota. But Kittle went two receptions, one catch, thirteen yards. You have to assume they do not do that after seeing George Kittle go nine, eight, one eighty-one, and two touchdowns when finally getting super involved in the offense again.
0: Yeah, it would be smart to not do that. <clears throat>
1: yeah, Jay, who is your second? We saw that coming.
0: My second, we saw that coming, is someone that we were all over when the news dropped that Daryl Henderson would be out, and that is Sony Michelle. Yeah. Um, everything, aligned. the stars aligned for Michelle in this
1: game. You're welcome, Jay, by the way.
0: Yeah. So the week prior, um, the, the Rams played on Monday night, one of these nights recently, Michael's like, pick up Michelle in case Henderson gets hurt. Cause my team's so good. And I don't have a space farm. So I did. And you know what? Fuck you, Michael and your good team. Cause I have a good team too. And Sony Michelle won me the game. Um, listen, starting running back for the Rams against Jacksonville is always a smash play. No one should have questioned it. He ended up as running back four and a half PPR scoring, 24 carries, three catches, totaled 129 yards and a touchdown. Sonny Michel didn't look stupendous, but he looked like he knew how to get the job done, and he did. So, shout out Sonny Michel. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> definitely uh, definitely came through for the people who uh, who played him. In what it could
0: be a spot start, because Henderson yeah. was active for that game, even though he didn't Yeah, more play. an
1: emergency active. Yeah, So... Interesting, to say the least, but I do assume it is Henderson's backfield, of course, once he uh, returns healthy. We'll see if that is next week or if uh, he needs more time to recover. My second, we saw that coming. guess I'm sticking to tight ends today because I said this guy should be ranked a top. Like I said, why can't he be the number one tight end outside of Travis Kelsey at this point? Because he's been that good this season. Rob Gronkowski, yo. Yeah. Hot damn. Oh, yeah. Eight targets, four catches, 58 yards, and two touchdowns. A smooth 19.8 half PPR fantasy points. Dude, he's been healthy in six games this year. He's put up 25, 17.9, 7.5, 10.10, 16.8, 19.8. It's legit unbelievable. <clears throat> it's unbelievable. Yeah. He's been a top three tight to end, top two, top one even maybe you could say this season when healthy. You don't know what would have happened if you... uh played in all the games he's missed if there would have been down games and such but there have not been any down games in the games in which he's been healthy and he looks healthy down the stretch a b is out you have to assume for the rest of the season like there's a chance they just release him upon his suspension being over which is just tremendous news for godwin evans and gronk because they no longer have to worry about a b stealing all the targets so gronk hot damn what a game for him Yeah, that's both of our, uh, we saw that coming. He's ready to move on to the surprise, surprise section where we say, hey, man, where did this come from? What a surprise. Surprise, motherfucker. Dexter New Blood. Episodes four and five. Very good. Was that a surprise? Very good. Way better than like the first two episodes. It's slow build up the new Dexter season, but man. Episodes four and five are great. Jay, you got to watch I know you're not caught up. And there's a cool little uh, like Easter watch. egg type thing that happens in uh, yeah. season five as well. Nice. You'll see. Uh, but yeah, who is your first surprise surprise?
0: My first surprise, is, it's not the biggest surprise, but I wanted to note him somewhere. and I didn't really know where to put it because I wanted to talk about other people in stock falling. So I'm going to go with Rashad Bateman as a surprise surprise. And the surprise here is that he's still a backup. Um when Sammy Watkins was out, you hoped that Bateman would emerge as the wide receiver 2 for the Ravens. He had a few good games. He was getting at least 6 targets a game. And now in his 1, 6th and 7th career games, he has now had the back-to-back lowest target totals in his career, 4 and 1. He has had his snap percentage and routes run drop each of the last 3 weeks. Last week, it was, uh, this past week, he wasn't even on the field 50% of the snaps. Uh, The Rashad Bateman breakout is likely going to have to wait until next year or the year after or whenever, if it is ever going to happen. But this is more of a redraft take where Rashad Bateman simply isn't really on the field for the Ravens right now. And in an offense that isn't high volume and matchups against Cleveland, Green Bay, Cincy, L.A., the Rams... It's not like you're foaming at the mouth to start this guy either. He's probably a drop candidate if you did have him.
1: Yeah, I'd say so too. Unfortunately, kind of a surprise because he came out of the IR and just started right away. And rookies and usually
0: uh, rookie receivers come on more at the end of the year. Elijah Moore is having a uh, end of the year and a half. This guy. Yeah. Show some love to him. Who Elijah Moore has been a. Uh, wide receiver 40 or better each week since the Jets buy in week 6.
1: That's what I'm talking about. He's been great. That's what I'm talking about. Um, my first surprise surprise Kenneth Gainwell <laughs> because of course Boston Scott doesn't really play because of the illness that he has and why give Miles Sanders all the touches when we could randomly give Kenneth Gainwell a bunch of touches too? Five targets. Sanders did have 24 rushes. He did but Gainwell also had 12 carries and 5 targets on 38% of snaps. Yeah, the fuck did that come In from? a game where you were like, yeah, Sanders could go off this game, but no, Kenneth Gainwell, of course, had to come in and steal some of the thunder and put up 17.2 half VPR fantasy points, 54 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown, which is super lame for anyone who has Sanders. 5 targets, 5 receptions, 33 rushing yards. Miles Sanders had a very nice game in his own right, but he was outscored by Kenneth Gainwell. Because Sanders had 120 rushing yards on the 24 rush attempts, but only three receptions and 22 receiving yards and no rushing touchdown. So even in a game that was perfectly suited up for Miles Sanders to be a monster, Kenneth Gainwell outscores him and gets a bunch of touches. Miles Sanders will simply never be allowed to eat is the moral of the story. And oh. the surprising factor isn't Miles Sanders, it's more Kenneth Gainwell just after literally losing his job to like Jordan Howard and Boston Scott now they're like, okay, yeah, come in and put up an RB one performance. The Jets are so bad against the running backs. Holy moly! Yeah, it's both. If if a team uses two running next backs, week, they're uh, both just so viable. Every and week. And
0: next week they they get the Saints, and Taysom Hill is basically a running back quarterback. Oh man! So as long as he's good with his finger injury and plantar fascia and yeah, whatever else he's dealing with,
1: hurts. You have hurts and Hill in. Hurts on bad. I don't got to
0: make a decision.
1: Ah, hurts is week fifteen <coughs> against Washington, right? Interesting. All right, uh, Jason, your second surprise I'm riding surprise Taysom surprise. Hill
0: in the FFPC Championship, barring uh, <laughs> <laughs> Monday Night Miracle against me next week. Yep. Um, my next surprise surprise. Um, this is a more specific one, not necessarily the player, but the hands on Josh Jacobs hands. The man had nine targets, nine receptions last week. Only 38 yards, but let's focus on the positives. Who knew Josh Jacobs' PPR Dynamo would be a thing this year? And ever since John Gruden got the can, man, Josh Jacobs has four to, uh, four receptions, five receptions, five, two, and nine. Um, but why is it surprise, surprise? Because we never saw a number like nine. Five receptions is cool and all. Like It was like, oh, Josh Jacobs is going to five receptions now. Interesting. And then last week it drops a two, and you're like, all right, that's more of the Josh Jacobs we know. And then he goes and gets nine receptions, and it makes sense. The Raiders are itching for playmakers right now. Yeah, with Darren Waller out. Darren Waller's out. Um, Foster Moreau had a few balls in his hand yesterday. Tough catches that Darren Waller probably would have made. Like, you saw the difference there. And... Derek Carr needed someone to make plays, and he was throwing it a lot to Josh Jacobs. And if Josh Jacobs is going to be getting passes through the air, that many passes through the air, you're looking at a potential league winner for a guy who was looking like a back-end RB2 for a long time this year.
1: Yeah, workhorse, running back, no matter what your name is, no matter what team you're on, has a lot, a lot of appeal. And Josh Jacobs, we know, is at least, at least a decent back, at the very least, and on a team that uh, is putting up some points. And Hunter Renfro is just... Taking advantage of no Darren Waller, too. We'll see when Waller returns. But, yeah, Josh Jacobs catching that many passes was very interesting. My second surprise, surprise. The super uneventful tight end who never breaks out has done it, folks. Dallas Goddard. Oh, what the what? Six targets, six receptions, 105 yards, and two touchdowns. The first time he had a game this year where you say, Yes, I have Dallas Goddard on my team. Was it because it was Gardner Minshew at quarterback, or was it because they were facing the New York Jets? It doesn't matter. It happened. I think people are bugging out a little bit with the Gardner Minshew hype over Jalen Hurts as if they didn't just play against the Jets, who allow a ridiculous amount of points over average to every position. Even though they're absolutely abysmal against the running back, they also are awful against QBs, wide receivers, and tight ends to boot. So Dallas Goddard absolutely breaking out and being the – Tight end 2, I suppose. I was going to say tight end 1, but George Kittle um, had an even bigger game. The tight end 2 on the week had a very nice game. Finally had a game that people expected from Dallas Goddard when he was being hyped up as a top 5 tight end potential type guy once Zach Ertz left the building. So, shout out Dallas Goddard there. And uh, that's all for the surprise surprises. Time to move on to the stock rising section where we talk about guys whose stocks are on other rise something just came across my desk john it is perhaps the best thing i've seen in the last six months now right now john the stock trades over the counter at 10 cents a share and by the way john our analysts indicated could go a heck of a lot higher than that we are looking at a grand slam home run we're talking grand slam home runs jay i'm starting it off this time because i am gassed up i'm on fire Because the PPR wide receiver three, the locked and loaded PPR wide receiver three, maybe wide receiver two, maybe PPR locked and loaded wide receiver one. One, Hunter Renfro just keeps putting in work. Nine catches for 102 yards against Washington this past week in lieu of Darren Waller being there. Now he has back-to-back 100-yard games where he just continues to be a huge part of this offense. Four of the last five games, he has at least 14 half PPR fantasy points, which is just tremendous um, from a wide receiver. Without Darren Waller, he has just really taken it to another level of back-to-back 100-yard games, 19 targets over the last two weeks. We don't know if they're going to have Waller back against KC, but even so, a matchup against KC, their defense has certainly been on the rise, but they're going to need to try to put up points to keep up with KC. And, uh... Hunter Renfro is looking like he's just ready to be another top 20 wide receiver in basically every format um, going into next week at this point because he's just been great. And he had a, a great route near the end zone, which set up a Josh Jacobs one-yard touchdown to give the Raiders a lead yesterday, um, where if that would have ended up being a touchdown, he would have had an even bigger game and likely would have ended as a top five wide receiver on the week. Not entirely sure where he's at, but he's definitely going to end within like the top 15 or 20. And he should be ranked there once again next Renfro
0: week. Renfro in PPR was wide receiver 13. There you go. This guy now has... Nine and 102.
1: What, four Like four weeks recently? Since the bye
0: week, four out of his five games have been wide receiver 13 or better. Wide receiver 13 or better. Scorer. Wide
1: receiver 1. Locked and loaded PPR, wide receiver 1. Wide receiver Renfro.
0: 14 or better in half PPR. So wide it's receiver not just 14 or
1: better. Locked and loaded PPR, wide receiver 1, Hunter Renfro. Yep. Now that I got that out of the way, I had to go first. Jay, who is your first stock up?
0: My first stock up is someone whose stock could not be higher at the moment. If his stock went higher, it would be To the Moon CMC territory. Hmm? Huh? Leonard Fournette. Hey. Is his stock is through the roof and he is essentially doing what you wanted CMC or Dalvin Cook or Alvin Kamara or any other injured running back right now to do when you drafted them. Leonard Fournette now leads all running backs in receptions. He's second in the league in red zone opportunities. That's literally the only two things you need to hear about someone to be like, wow, yep, that is a running back you want on your team. Two weeks in a row as a top eight running back. Has been top 18 or better since the bye week for the Bucks. In full PPR, that's top 16 or better. Dude, he's just getting at least 10 rushes a game. He's getting at least six catches a game. He has five touchdowns thanks to that four-touchdown game in his last four weeks. He has eight touchdowns on the season. Leonard Fournette now gets to go up. um, Next week is Buffalo, so it's a tougher matchup, but they did get torched by Jonathan Taylor recently. And then New Orleans, Carolina, and the Jets... The Jets championship weekend, oh, Leonard Fournette, Holy week 17. Moly. Holy moly. Talk about a league winner. Your stock could not be higher right Looking now.
1: to the future. I might be a little scared to start Tom Brady in that game. <laughs> in a... Because uh, <laughs> Fournette could get like eight touchdowns by himself.
0: Yeah. Maybe. Dude, yeah, in an FFPC playoff theory. challenge,
1: Fournette might be That's the first overall pick. Well, you don't have to be... It's not picked like that. You just choose players from teams, but he may end up being he might like be the, one most, of the most the highest the play,
0: highest rostered player. The guy's just been a beast, man.
1: Yeah, just a straight up stud. My second stock rising is someone we touched on briefly. Thursday game incoming with injuries to the starting running back and one of the best red zone threats in the league, if not the very best, in Adam Thielen. KJ Osborne stock up. Because he stepped in last week on 7 targets, went 4 for 47, and caught a touchdown when Adam Thielen left. And we know this is an offense led by Kirk Cousins that produces a lot of fantasy value year after year. Jefferson and Thielen were once again on their way to being top 12 wide receivers each this season. Cook or Madison, no matter who is in, is a top 12 running back. Tyler Conklin has had tight end 1 type games. Kirk Cousins has had QB1 games. This is an offense that simply puts up fantasy points, and if Adam Thielen is out, going uh, up against Pittsburgh, who is actually a lot worse, I mean, a lot easier uh, against opposing wide receivers than people think. They're bottom 10 in the league, and fantasy points allowed to wide receivers, and bottom 10 in the league in points over average to wide receivers, KJ Osborne could become a very interesting streaming-type flex player um, to grab off the wire, because he's only 4% rostered, and there's a lot of injuries and such going on, and... Well, if he could replace Adam Thielen and put up an Adam Thielen-esque game, and he doesn't have to score two touchdowns, but a, a line similar to this one, four catches, 47 yards, and a touchdown, something of that sort against Pittsburgh. That would be more than helpful for several teams. And I think KG Osborne, uh, for as long as Adam Thielen is out, it's definitely going to be inside my top 40 receivers.
0: My, uh, I'm up to my second stock rising,
1: right? Correct.
0: <laughs> my second stock rising is the man who was born from the dead over born in Baltimore, Devontae Freeman. Dead.
1: Yeah, Devontae Freeman out here. He was a stock rising for me a couple of weeks ago.
0: In uh, PPR scoring since week six, Devontae Freeman has been running back 24 or better um, every game except for two, and in one of the games where... He wasn't a PPR RB2 or better. He had 16 carries. So it was just one of those games where he had 52 yards and didn't really do
1: anything. Yeah, else. last week, people completely fell off yeah. the Freeman bandwagon because he had a down game as if down games never happen.
0: Yeah, but the truth of the matter is everyone was hopping over J.K. Dobbins when he was projected for 15 touches in this Ravens offense. And now, of course, Freeman's not J.K. Dobbins at this point, And he's not even Gus Edwards. But he's getting 15-plus touches a game in a Ravens offense as the Ravens running back. And he's putting up double-digit points the majority of the time. He is a RB2 that nobody wants to give credit to. Yeah.
1: And after this week... I put up a blind resume of Devontae Freeman and Javonte Williams a couple of weeks ago. Where Freeman seemed like he was like someone you certainly wanted to roster. And Javonte Williams didn't seem that way. Of course, this is... Like, with Melgo playing. Javante Williams, I, I'm not saying he's not a super talented back. I think he's a beast. Yep. And he was glorious without Melgo. And certainly his league winning upside, if that remains the case. But, um, yeah, Devonte Freeman. Let's not just uh, look over him yet, folks. These days, he's a decent yep. running back. His stock is up. Uh, my second stock rising. Excuse me, my last and final stock rising. T. Higgins. I feel like Brodo is one of the... Uh, Biggest T. Higgins supporters. We were a big fan of his during draft season. Um, he had a very rough first 10 weeks, to be completely honest. And he was looking kind of like a bust, especially after Vegas. Two receptions, 15 yards. And damn, really has turned up these last two weeks. Against Pittsburgh, <clears throat> I was just saying, Pittsburgh is low-key a good matchup for wide receivers. Ten eight targets, six receptions, 114 yards and a touchdown. And then against the Chargers, who is n- who are not good for opposing receivers. Fourteen targets, nine receptions, 138 yards, and a touchdown. Talk about regression for T. Higgins and Jamar Chase because Jamar Chase was playing well above what the numbers said he should have been, and T. Higgins was playing well below what the numbers said he should have been. Jamar Chase has come crashing down to earth. T. Higgins has just been on a meteoric rise over these last couple of weeks. I think it's more in the middle for both these guys. Like I think they're both wide receiver two type guys, but damn, T. Higgins absolutely played himself right back into must start territory weekly because he's he's just a very good receiver man we like him so much at brodo because he had a tremendous rookie season his player comps remember brodo folk um and fantasy football folk we have player comps on the brodo fantasy app as well julio jones and a bunch of other studs were t Higgins' comps That's what we, so we were very high on t higgins and now he's showing why um and he's, and he's made some terrific catches during these last two weeks as well as he uh As he's really started to turn up. So, shout out T. Higgins. And Jay, for that, I need your last stock up.
0: Yeah, my last stock rising is actually someone who is um, going into buy. Um, But that's because after buy, games against the Jets, Saints, and Titans end off the year. And it's three pretty good matchups for someone who's not just having a good year for a rookie, but having a good year overall as a wide receiver. And that is Jalen Waddell. Through 12 games, the rookie has 103 targets, 77 receptions for 759 yards, and 5 touchdowns. In PPR scoring, he is currently the wide receiver 11. In half PPR, wide receiver 15. He has just... He's been great. There's nothing more you can say. And the best part about it is that he's been better when Tua is on the field. Waddle has been a top 17 receiver or better each of the last five weeks, except for one game against Baltimore. And... The stars are just aligning for the rookie, and now he gets a bye week to, I don't know, get more acclimated to the offense or to work with two or more or whatever. You know, bye weeks help. It's natural. He gets his first bye week as a pro. He's 13 weeks in, so he's probably a little sore and banged up. And uh, things are looking up for Jan Waddle in the playoffs. Um, He's going into the end of the year hot, and I don't think it's going to stop. I think that the bye week might... Sometimes someone goes on a bye week, and then afterwards they come back, and... They're not ranked as high as they should be because recency bias is just a crazy thing. Week 15 against the Jets, Jalen Waddle can make a lot of people happy his first um, in their opening playoff week. So Jalen Waddle has been balling out. His stock is definitely rising.
1: Yeah, certainly fits that list because Jalen Waddle has been a beast. Living up to the uh, the draft capital as well as a first rounder. A lot of people were questioning whether he should have gone that high. He's been balling out. But, Jay, you ready to, uh, as Tim so kindly puts it, end it on a sour note?
0: Always sour. First they're sour. The because we are used sweet, to the pain. as then jet they're sour.
1: Let's get to the stock down section. The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement and I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost
0: everything there completely wiped out in the NASDAQ. Everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate.
1: And now Tim would say something about how I can't even imagine the stock market falling that hard in one day. As the weather in Buffalo sure looks bad. It looks snowy and windy and rainy and not like a good... Maybe bet the under.
0: ...day for a lot of fantasy <laughs> points, which I is mean, the Vegas lines Exactly are what I want.
1: Like, Diggs is at four and a half receptions, 61 yards or something. Josh Allen's passing line is at like 234 yards or something. They're really... Uh, Vegas is projecting a low-scoring affair, it seems, due to the weather. But... Anywho, we got ourselves some stock downs coming up. Jay, you want to start it off with your first stock down, three apiece to close it out.
0: Sure thing, pork chop. That's right. I'm calling you pork chop now. Stock down, Mr. Dalton Schultz. Aye, aye, aye. Looked like a high-end tight end one at one point this season, and now, listen, he just hasn't been very good for a little bit now. In his last, since the bye week for the Cowboys, he's been a top twelve tight end. Oh, three times. He's been decent, actually. Um, but the thing is, he was at... The, so why I got confused here is because he went five for 43 this week. And that's top 12 tight end oh, in man. PPR, oh, which man. is just absurd. Um, but he hasn't had more than five catches in a game over the last two games. Um, his tight, His touchdowns have fallen. He's only had one touchdown since week four. And Amari Cooper is going to return. He played limited last week, but now Amari Cooper's returning. CeeDee Lamb is looking good. Michael Gallup's on the field. Pollard's more involved with Zeke a little bit banged up. This is a offense that should be at full strength these days. And you could see that Dalton Schultz has been getting less work while they've been getting stronger. He's only had more than five targets two times since the Um, bye week for the Cowboys back in week seven. So he's just not someone you can bank on so much anymore. And with a much healthier team around him these days, I think that Dalton Schultz's stock is falling. He's definitely not the slam dunk tight end he once was. And you may have to keep starting him, but there's definitely going to be urges and temptations to look (laughs) elsewhere going forward.
1: Yeah. I hear you there. I'm going to keep it in Dallas, actually, and go to uh, the running back you just mentioned, Ezekiel Elliott, who, man, if you drafted Ezekiel Elliott in the first round this year, you and you made the playoffs, you are not feeling great about it. Um, Heading into the playoffs now. Over his last five games, he has put up 9.3, 11.1, 19.5, 9.8, 13.9, 5.7. That is half the games in single digits. That is something we never see from Zeke or the high-end running backs, really. And that's because this guy looks like he's running with old man knees. Look, I've been saying Tony Pollard's better than him for, like, over a year now. But I think it's clear that Zeke is running with, like, messed up knees. Like, the dude looks ridiculously slow. And he just does not look like typical Zeke. Um... (laughs) Tony Pollard's role just keeps getting larger. Tony Pollard broke out that long 60-yard touchdown run, something Zeke definitely wouldn't have done if he was handed that ball. This past week against New Orleans, 13-45 on the ground, two receptions for negative two yards through the air. They're saying he's fine. He's going to keep getting work. Not the best matchups to close out the year. The Giants are a good matchup, but Washington twice and Arizona, who are not very kind to opposing running backs. Zeke has to be treated as more of an RB2 at this point. Um with like a little bit of touchdown dependability to reach any sort of ceiling cuz right now he is just beat up tony pollard is stealing work and zeke is certainly not the first round player that you drafted him i mean i don't have any zeke he's one of my main fades this year which looked stupid in the first half of the year and now it looks a lot better in the second half of the year but yeah zeke is certainly on the downturn
0: on the down low
1: on the down low uh Chuck my and Larry. next
0: Stock falling someone who I didn't want to join the party on. Who I didn't really join the party on, but after I got sucked in a little bit, got spit right back out. And that's Darnell Mooney. Mm, yes. Um, Darnell Mooney's week last week was a reminder of... The Mooney line. It was a reminder of what to expect from seven targets from a Bears quarterback. And yes, he was on a hot streak... He played very well for a few weeks. But week 9 he had two touchdowns. He only has two other games with a touchdown this year, so that was a little fluky. And then week 11 he had 16 targets. So that was a little fluky. We're not we can't expect 16 targets, we can't expect two touchdowns. So what he actually is is a wide receiver 3 with some upside. But his upside, I mean his we have as we've seen his floor is pretty low as well. And now he has a tough matchup against Green Bay coming up. Minnesota, Seattle, on the rest of the docket. All teams who have been pretty good against receivers lately. I just—it's all about true target value, and targets from Justin Fields, targets from Andy Dalton—they're just not as valuable as you might think they are. So even though Darnell Mooney is seeing eight targets a game, it's not always going to result in points and. I'm pulling up the Broto app now and going to player cards to tell you just um, exactly what Darnell Mooney's true throw value is, to tell you how he should be performing. And Darnell Mooney is rocking with a true target value right now. Ready for this, Michael? Not including last week, so it should be a little bit higher, 66th. Yeah, not ideal. So he's been playing well. He's 33rd in points per game. But he's not a wide
1: receiver too. So since he was ranked as one this week, his stock is falling. Yep. I feel you there. My second, I'm sticking with the wide receivers who are being overrated. Brandon Cooks, man, four of his last six weeks have been single digit performances. Um, not good. Six of his last nine single digit performances as well. Ever since that three game stretch where he was absolutely great to open the season, he has just been an untrustworthy wide receiver three type player. And that is not ideal heading into the. Uh, the stretch of games against Seattle, Jacksonville, Chargers, and San Fran. The Jacksonville game is fine, but Seattle, the Chargers, and San Fran. And in the playoffs, are you supposed to trust a guy with either Davis Mills or Tyrod Taylor throwing him the ball? Like, they combined for less than 100 passing yards yesterday, I believe. Um, That is Taylor and Mills and Brandon Cooks. Just There's only so much talent can do for you, and Brandon Cooks has seen that um, over his last several weeks. Even against the Jets, he... Score. He had a forty-yard touchdown, but that was it. Like he went three for forty-five and a touchdown. Like he has that big playability, but he's just been so up and down, and he's been more down than up lately. He's like the way less higher ceiling version of Terry McLaurin. And I already, I'm not a big fan of Terry McLaurin heading into the playoffs because of that ceiling floor aspect of his game. Brandon Cooks is just in an even worse position here. Not ideal. So Brandon Cooks on my uh, stock downless here because he's not someone I'd be wanting to trust in the playoffs or in a, in must-win games um, to next week if people are trying to get into the playoffs.
0: I concur, my good brother. I definitely concur. I'm tired of the Brandon Cooks hype. It's No one could get him the ball. It's nothing on Brandon Cooks. Just no one could get him the ball. My last stock falling. <clears throat> we've made it here. My last player to talk about is Mr. Dedue himself. Uh-oh. Christian Kirk. Mr. Didoo. The guy's a fucking Didoo. And for some reason, people thought he was, like, actually on to something at some point in the season because he had a few. He put together a few good games. And then the last few times he's been out there, he's just not looked good. He had five targets before the bye week for Arizona in Week 11, three targets against Chicago, one catch for four yards. And I know Kyler Murray only threw the ball 15 times. But even so, Rondell Moore had more touches than Christian Kirk. They've manufactured three rushes for Rondell Moore. And I expected Moore to be more involved after the bye because he's a rookie. A.J. Green had a few targets. DeAndre Hopkins looked good. This is a team with a lot of weapons. And Kyler Murray, most importantly, used his legs. And James Connors also fucking killing it. And Chase Edmonds might return soon. There are just a lot of pieces out there. And I cannot confidently put Christian Kirk into my lineup in the playoffs. Like, I just, I can't yeah. do it. Unless yeah. you're really hurting and unless you face an injury. Like, he's a fine bench piece and a, put him in in a pinch. But his stock is definitely falling because some people were acting like he was a wide receiver too at one point this year. The fuck out of here. You guy's are to do. Yeah. Stock falling on Christian Kirk.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get any arguments for me. Here, um, about Christian Kirk, my final stock down this one hurts me more so than Christian Kirk hurts you because you never like Christian Kirk. This guy, uh, I liked him a lot, um, this season, not prior to the season. I wish I had more exposure to him, but he grew on me and he was becoming a wide receiver. One grow on me, baby, and it's just been, uh, not great since his bye week, even in good matchups. And that is Hollywood Brown. Mm -hmm. Um, since his bye, he just put up 17.1, which is great, and then 6.7, missed the game with injury. 9.18, so three straight single-digit performances, and everyone made a big fuss about the Chiefs' offense, right, when they started dwindling. I have not heard anyone discussing the Baltimore Ravens' offense, who, over the last four weeks, have scored 10, 16, 16, and 19. They have not even reached 20 points in four straight games. That's wild. And we are seeing it in Lamar Jackson's fantasy performances, Hollywood Brown's fantasy yeah, performances. Yeah, no really talking about it. Like, Devontae Freeman has been the only one immune, really. Devontae Freeman had a bad week last week, but strong performances the other three. Of course, you can't trust Sammy Watkins. Like, this is kind of like, yeah, it's for Hollywood Brown, but it's kind of for the entire Ravens offense because I feel like people don't realize just the level of... Uh, that they've been playing at of late. To open the season, they scored 27, 36, 19, 23, 31, 34, and 17. So two of seven games under 20 points. But some big games. They had three games over 30 points. And now they have not topped. And then after the bye, they put up 34 points. And then they have not topped 20 points in four straight weeks. And it's not the most difficult matchups. Miami, Chicago, Cleveland, and Pitt... Like, they're not ideal, but they're not great, and it doesn't get any easier going forward. Cleveland, Green Bay, Cincy, and the Rams. Like, we're talking about Patrick Mahomes, who has been bad over the last, like, five weeks. Lamar Jackson, 16.42, 13.4, because he missed that game against Chicago, so a gap there. And then 18.62. I don't think he's ever had a game, uh, a streak with three straight games of less than 20 fantasy points. So I think people need to be more concerned about the uh, the Baltimore Ravens offense. Until something, until they could show that something's going to change.
0: I'm not going to fight you on that. It's a, it's a weird world these days in fantasy. Even the Chiefs aren't looking very good. Mahomes has only been a QB one one time the last five weeks. Crazy. The Crazy. world's getting flipped
1: on its head, brother, and it's almost it playoff really time. I love it. And that's all for the review pod, folks. You can find me at F Mike, Jason. At BroadFF Jason. Tim is at F Tim. Cass is at Casanova. You see what we did there. Uh, Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy to support the show and to, uh, you know, join the Discord, get waiver pods, pods throughout the off-season. The off-season's approaching. You get a weekly pod throughout the off-season as well. Um, Some giveaways, and we do, like, Zoom Jeopardy with the patrons and such. It's a a fun time, and the, the Discord is going at all times as well even over the off season like like Jason said we have like a life and stuff nba nhl even um in the discord so yeah come on in and we discuss the nfl of course over um over the off season as well um yeah and download the fantasy football by brodo app and that's about all uh, that's about it you'll either listen to us tomorrow or we'll see you on Thursday for the preview pods for week 14 the final week before The playoffs. We have made it this this far, folks. All right. Later. Later.